It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Millie's Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network Thank you for being part of uh, thank you for making us part of your regular routine. And, you know, thank you for being part of our regular routine. This is this is our routine, too, because we're here Monday through Friday recording for you, just like you're here listening to us. Whatever. We're the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King, setting you up for the week and the beginning of the actual NBA season. Brad Stevens talking to the guys, making comparisons to the Red Sox. He was at the game, and he's been paying very close attention. Jason Tatum was trash-talking Joel Embiid. But first, Jay, let's start with practice this afternoon. Brad Stevens, first of all, saying that Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Daniel Tice making the biggest leaps. No surprise, really, because those are the three guys that were coming back from injury. Yeah, it's 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 good to hear for Celtics fans, I think. Uh, especially after how uneven Hayward was during the preseason schedule. But I don't think there are really any concerns about Kyrie at this point. He showed up in great shape. He looked good during the preseason games he played. But Hayward and Tice, they clearly weren't the same players during preseason. And Hayward especially is obviously critical to what the Celtics do. And I think Tice is a, a key part too. Like he was, he was very reliable for them last year. And He's going to play a role, and he's going to help the defense. And I don't know exactly what role that's going to be because Baines is probably coming off the bench now, and center position, center minutes won't be always available. Um, but he's he still matters too. And so the fact that those guys have you know have had the last several days of practice to kind of work work toward getting back in game shape is a big deal for the Celtics. And that, that's partly why I think it was wise not to really react to how the Celtics played in the preseason because those guys only had a handful of practices. They barely played five-on-five five before the preseason schedule started, and they're very much early in the process of, of getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, it really was. I, I guess – I think people were reacting just because we're hyped. Everybody's hyped for this season. And to, to get Kyrie and Hayward back, I think everybody's just very excited about getting started on a season where the, the Celtics are the top contenders in the East. It's, it's basically them in Toronto, and most people expect the Celtics to get to the NBA Finals this year. So people are pumped. And you think, all right, 
Hayward's been gone for a year. We've seen those workout videos. He'll he'll just come back in and be good. And Kyrie's going to come back and just be good. Well, Kyrie was just coming back and being good. But Tice was a guy that we could have used, and now he's back too, and and, and he'll just come back and be good. And it's just not working out exactly that way for the reasons that you laid out. So it's good to see that those guys are coming back and are starting to get this this improvement. And, And maybe it was great for them to get all of those games out of the way, so now they could focus for a week and just kind of work on just getting right. And as Brad Stevens said at practice today, it's all about when to be aggressive, how to be aggressive, how much aggressiveness to to put forward, and just getting a better idea, I guess a better feel for each other and when to to make those kind of attacks and when to push the ball. And you, you see the videos of him in practice, NBC, uh, NBC Sports Boston put out a video of him saying, good shooting teams are good passing teams, so you've got to really make the ball pop. And, and that's the type of stuff that, without any practices and with this level of talent, if you don't have these habits built into you, you just go out there and you're like, well, I don't know exactly, you know, we're still working that stuff out, but I want to score, so I'm going to go score. So that, that, I think that's not the worst thing in the world that the games were over and done with so these guys could focus on things. Reintegrating Hayward is going to be interesting to me because it's almost like, you're going to have to reintegrate him over and over again, right? Because right now you're reintegrating kind of a different guy. Like he's not Gordon Hayward yet. He's not the all-star yet. He's not the guy. I see what you're saying. And and so you got to reintegrate him now where he is right now, and then he's going to get better and better, and the process is just going to kind of keep going, and they're going to have to acclimate all over again once he gets more of his powers back and once he's capable of doing more. Um, so I, I think that's going to be kind of a, a constant theme for them is just evolving throughout the season as Hayward gets better and better and as as more of his his old game comes back. So I, I'm really interested to see how that how that process goes, especially with, as we've said so many times, like Tatum and Brown evolving and Terry Rozier back to the bench. There's just the dynamics of this team are, are really interesting. Yeah, I. I get what you're saying with with Hayward. I think when and I've just been rewatching a lot of Hayward because uh, shameless plug the Patreon that I've been plugging launches tomorrow, Monday, today, Monday. When you're listening, whenever you listen, we'll put this out early because we're recording early on Sunday because the Patriots and the Red Sox are playing, and I know everybody. We know everybody's going to be watching that. So anyway. Monday, I'm going to launch Patreon with a piece on Gordon Hayward and his jump shot that I've been talking about forever, that he's been talking about, and just a look at how it's evolved. So I've been watching a lot of Gordon Hayward, and yeah, he's not the same Gordon Hayward that he was, but you don't, I, I don't think people are, are seeing everything that he did well this preseason and I think he's playing better. He played better this preseason than people thought. He wasn't as aggressive, obviously. He was nowhere near as explosive, and his shot wasn't falling. So those are the things that you see, but his passing was really, really good. And yeah, definitely. He sees things on the floor. Uh, I mean, I, there's some pocket passes. He made one to, to Baines in the the first Cleveland game. I mean, it's just beautiful, just gorgeous on the pick and roll, and Baines got the dunk. He sees the floor exceptionally well, and 
when he got a little bit more comfortable and on his drives, the pace at which he was playing, when to go, when to like slowly like pick his spot and then attack, that instinct is still there. Uh, so he's doing a lot of things well. It's the the other stuff that will come along that will make him that potential all-star level player. And he definitely has a long way to go. But when we talk about integrating Hayward into this, this offense, he's going to make an instant impact in this offense just from his ability to see the floor. And he sees things that other players don't see. And you, I mean, you had it on the athletic as well, since we're plugging things that you, you definitely, when you spoke to the scout for the athletic, he said a lot of the same things. So, Yes, it's great that Hayward is making leaps. And yes, Hayward needs to to go uh has a long a long way to go, but I think if you really watch him closely, you'll see that he's going to be a big part of this and it's going to be amazing that he, the things that he does right away as he's working his way up. So, that's great. Let's um I want to bring up this quote that you singled out and tweeted out uh, if you're new to this podcast and, and for some reason you're not following Jay, it's at by Jay King, and this is on his Twitter. It's from Kyrie, where he talks about hunting. I'll read the whole thing. Uh, it says, I mean, we're hunting, though. That's the whole thing. I think the emphasis on how great we are on paper and how great we possibly can look, we're giving ourselves a little too much credit now. Now we have to actually go out and play and show it. And that's what I'm looking forward to. So talking to the guys about being a great team as of yet, we're not there. We still have a long way to go. We have the talent, but now we just have to kind of bridge that gap of just finding out the knowledge of the game and having fun with it and being understanding of the challenges that we'll face going through stuff like that. Jay, you said when you tweeted this out, this Kyrie Irving quote is kind of everything for the Celtics right now. What do you mean by that? I just think, you know, the Celtics, they haven't done anything. And the, part of the reason they were so good last year was because no matter what happened, they were going to be the hardest playing team on the court. And they were going to play their balls off, whether they were down 20. You know, how many comebacks did they have last year when they were down 20? And they had the 18th ranked offense last year it wasn't pretty like they were not a pretty team by any stretch of the imagination they won because their defense just tore teams apart and no matter what happened they were going to keep coming at you and the fact that everyone has just kind of anointed them the new eastern conference favorite and talked about how you know they could be the biggest threat to the warriors and all these accolades that are coming their way, all the praise that's coming their way, they haven't done anything. And they need to keep that in mind. And they need to keep in mind that a lot of the habits they showed last year just weren't good enough. And especially offensively, like they had a bad tendency to settle for for ugly shots and to to take to take the quick one and to try high difficulty shots in the paint or mid range jumpers that they shouldn't have been taking with contested looks like they need to change some of that stuff. And it's not going to change just because Gordon Hayward comes back and it's not going to change just because Jason Tatum's 20 now and Jalen Brown's 21. It's, it's just, it's just not. So they, I, I think 
keeping that mentality of being the hunted and not getting too far ahead of themselves and and just staying grounded with the knowledge that they haven't done anything is is pretty important for this group. It's hard. That's the hardest thing, and it's always been their biggest challenge coming into this season. I mean, look at what's what's already happened this year. So you agree? I agree with you. I agree with you that, look, Terry Rozier did a GQ shoot. Uh, Jason Tatum did a slam cover. He's on slam. He's on the current slam cover. And that's great. Like, I'm all for that kind of stuff. These guys should bask in this a little bit. And it doesn't take away from anything that they're doing. But the hardest thing that they have, the biggest obstacle in front of them is their own minds. That. When you're doing GQ shoots, when you're doing slam covers, when you're Jalen Brown and you're giving Harvard and MIT talks, like it's it's easy to get caught up in the moment and get caught up in how sought after you are. And it's I don't fault anybody for doing any of this stuff, but it's easy to get caught in the trap of well, look, I'm a slam cover guy, man. Everybody wants a piece of me. I'm so awesome. Like it's that's the toughest thing. And when you talk about hunting versus the hunted, it's so easy to get motivated when nobody believes in you and you're proving people wrong. We've seen athletes do it time and time again. They always find a way to say we're being overlooked. We're being overshadowed. Nobody believes in us. It's hard to say everybody believes in us. So, yeah, we got to go out and work hard. When everybody believes in you, you just like, oh, we just gotta, we just gotta go out there and just exist because, you know, we're we're awesome. That's it, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing in individual minds to overcome. And and I think if you're gonna spin anything of the neg- of the bad preseason in a positive way, it's that Brad Stevens can look at the results and say, hey, you think you're hot shit, but when you don't try, this is what happens. The the Cavaliers and the Hornets, two potential non-playoff teams, will kill you. And so you can think you're hot shit all you want, but we've already gotten pretty stark examples of you're not being that great if you're not going to put in the work. It's not going to work out. So, all right. When we return, Jason Tatum talking trash to Joel Embiid. They worked out this summer, and he had some fun things to say to Joel Embiid. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that the Lockdown NBA, there's a whole week's worth of NBA previews that were just done. Jay and I did one for the Celtics. All hosts for all 30 teams did a five to eight minute preview of their teams. It ran all last week on Lockdown NBA. So go search Lockdown NBA and go check out every team's preview. Just do that, you'll get set up for the entire season. It's you'll, it's five hours of podcasts. So a few commutes, you'll get everything all in one place on the Lockdown NBA podcast, and you'll get a, a great sense of what teams are expecting from themselves, their best and worst case scenarios, and so forth. So search for Lockdown NBA wherever you get your podcasts. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So Jason Tatum was asked about his workouts with Joel Embiid, and one of the things that he said was, I told him that we should have swept him, and we let them win a game. And he was joking, but it's still pretty epic trash talk when you're in a workout with your division rivals and a team that's trying to knock you off, and him basically saying, like, yeah, I told him we – we should have swept you, and we let you win one. It was pretty funny. I like I like to hear trash talk from uh, Jason Tatum. Yeah, and that's tough for Joel Embiid, too, because he talks a lot of crap. And just no comeback from that. And so I'm sure every time he was playing against Jason Tatum, he was just running his mouth, talking a lot of crap, and Tatum just did the old, like, point up at the scoreboard trick. Right. Which, like you said, there. You just can't can't overcome that. It's you like the Marcus Morris, that. like when he's in, in was it Embiid that was talking to him? He yeah, the, like, the three zero. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't come back from it. It's hard. Yeah, what what can you do? What what comeback do you have? Uh, and look, it's it's funny because Tatum in his slam profile was like. When I'm on the court, something changes. I'm, and he, he seems to pause in the, in giving the answer and he says, uh, I'm pretty confident. And so you see this progression. Like he said today in practice that having been through a whole, a whole season, now he's not nervous. He gets it and he's got the confidence. He's got that comfort level. He's trash talking. It really just all kind of seems to add up to uh, – I'm pretty jazzed about what's going to come from Jason uh, Jason Tatum this year. It's it's funny because confidence last year, I think it was at once like like he had it, but he also didn't fully have it. Like if that makes sense, that doesn't really make sense. Let me explain myself a little further. <laughs> like he, he walked in to the NBA – and handled himself like a veteran. And he was always reliable. There was never a time when you thought the moment was too big for Jason Tatum. He seemed confident in that sense. 
But at the same time, there was another level of confidence within him that I don't think he had at the beginning of last year. And I don't think he had really through the end of last year. I, I think, I think part of it for him, part of the evolution for him is realizing that he can be the man and that he can be a superstar and that he shouldn't pump fake out of th- himself out of three pointers anymore <laughs> and that he shouldn't let defenders be able to goad him into tough mid-range jumpers anymore and that he can go and get his even when he's alongside Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Al Horford and Jalen Brown that sometimes it's okay for him to take the ball and just do his own thing and I don't I don't think he always had that realization last year I think the playoffs were good for him from that perspective and having Kyrie out was good for him from, from that perspective because like, I think he, he believed the whole time that he could be a focal point for the Celtics, but they never had, they never asked him to do that until the playoffs. And then he did it. And now he comes back and it's like, Oh, okay. It's di- So it is different now. Um, so the, the confidence thing, I, I think like, even though we never knew it was an issue because of how reliable he was, I think, his confidence will only grow and grow um, now that he knows more of what he can do. And I will take this opportunity to say this is exactly why guys in their first year in the NBA are rookies and guys who have gone through a full year in the NBA and didn't play have an advantage. I'm just going to throw it out there. Just leave it there. Uh, I'm excited for Jason Tatum because, yes, all of the things that you said, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with this team this year. And uh, I like the idea more and more of the early substitution for Tatum, starting him, getting him out early, bringing him back at the end of the first quarter, and then starting a second quarter with him and the bench players. If we're looking to get the most out of a guy who is going to be exploring this new level of aggression, who's going to be the guy and who has this now elevated level of confidence, Playing him with these bench units where he is the guy is going to probably be the way to go. Uh, so I think that's good on, on multiple levels too, right? Because first of all, Tatum needs touches. And it's going to be hard to get everybody enough touches with that first unit. It just is. And that's not necessarily a problem because they have a lot of guys who can do a lot of things. It's a good thing. But also, like, you want to see Tatum get touches. He's a super efficient scorer. Um, who deserves to be able to do more than he did last season. So I think playing him with a second unit is, is a good way to do that. And also, the second unit, like we've talked about before, has a number of guys who can hijack the offense and can take settle for inefficient shots and can sometimes lead to droughts because of that. Um and so having Tatum in there with that group, it, it maintains the defensive tenacity and length and versatility. And it also takes shots away from guys that probably should have shots taken away from them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I, I think, I think Tatum with that second unit makes all sorts of sense. It, it just does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely does. So and especially with Gordon Hayward's minute minutes likely to be limited. I know last year the Celtics went into the season thinking Gordon Hayward was going to be playing a lot of those 
second unit minutes, um, or a lot of minutes with the second unit rather. And, but and I think still might. With, his, with his minutes limited, I, I think it just diminishes the chance to do that at least early in the season. Right. It's going to be later in the season when that happens. But even if you do Hayward and Tatum together, starting second quarters. Well, that's great. That's one more, that's one more great player out there. And then Tatum has another great passer to get him the ball in those situations because, you know, Hayward is not the most selfish player in the world. I mean, he's, he's willing to make the right pass. And like I said before, he's, he's been a very good passer. He sees the floor very, very well. So throwing Hayward into that mix would be fantastic. So that's a great way to get those guys involved and aggressive and then you then you later add the other starters and then Kyrie can cook and those guys feel, you know, they whatever comes off of Kyrie and whatever comes out of you know Al Horford passing from the high post or wherever, then they'll still get a couple of shots, but they'll they'll get most of their stuff with these second unit guys. It just it does make a lot of sense. And it's it's gonna be an interesting challenge for Brad Stevens and but that's that's what he gets paid the money for, and when when you get those guys, you run eight, nine, ten deep. You you have a lot of uh, flexibility to throw these guys in there. Which brings us to the next topic. After I tell you about the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On NFL podcast has expanded. There's a couple of fantasy podcasts. They've brought in a lot of experts, and there's an NFL podcast for every team. Like I said, we're recording this podcast before the Patriots game. If you are a Patriots fan. Lockdown Patriots is here for you Monday through Friday, just like we are. Mark Schofield is a for, former quarterback, so he can really break down the game. If you want to get technical he and, and get into why certain things are happening, he's the guy to do it. And if you're not a Patriots fan, then search for your own favorite Patriot, your, your own favorite NFL podcast wherever podcasts are available, or ask your smart speaker to to play Locked On NFL or play podcast, whatever your team name is. All right, what I was talking about here with Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens went to the Red Sox game on Saturday night, a loss, unfortunately. Uh, he's been to He's been involved with the other teams here, and, and he's using the Red Sox as a teachable moment. And the quote from Brad Stevens is, the, and here's from Brad, the Brock Holt example last week, going for the cycle and getting a DNP the next day is how you win, right? Being willing to take those, take on those roles, both as the guy who that did it and the guy that replaced them the next night, those things matter. They've set a great example for us as we move into the new year. So as we were talking, Jay, before, some guys, and you know, Marcus Morris is a guy that said in the Sunday Globe about his, he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. He doesn't have a lot of opportunities. He's never been on a winning team. He'll do what it takes. But he's the type of guy that you wonder about when Brad Stevens brings up the Brock Holt example making history and then not playing the next day. That's hard for an athlete, a competitive player to do. I can't imagine doing it. I'm sure when you're, you know, you're a competitive guy, can you imagine going out and making history and then sitting down and not playing the next night? That's hard to do. What's and, funny is I've never been a big Brock Holt guy. <laughs> and 
And I I lit into him earlier in that night. I was like, I was like, I don't know why this guy plays all the time. <laughs> like I would much rather have him on the bench. And then he hit the cycle the same night. So I, I think I think honestly I, I can be credited for that cycle. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I think that one's on me. But, but yeah, and, <laughs> and it, it's the perfect message for this Celtics team, right? It's like. Like sometimes, sometimes you're going to be the one hitting the cycle. Sometimes you're going to be in the lineup and you're, everything's going to be going right for you. Sometimes you're going to have 30. Other times, you know, it's going to be Gordon Hayward's turn or it's going to be Kyrie Irving's turn or it's going to be Al Horford's turn. It, there are going to be nights when guys just don't get the touches they want or the minutes they want or the role they want. So. But classic Brad Stevens too to like talk to the players about Brock Holt and and hold his cycle up as 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 the perfect sacrifice. Uh, I that was that was a classic Brad story. Yeah, no, it it really is. Any he, he really does search out for those teachable moments, those instances where hey, this applies. This applies to us, and this is definitely one of them. It's definitely one of them because. Terry Rozier is a great, I think, parallel that he might get the opportunity to start and put up a triple-double, and then the next night he plays 12 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is, and he gets six shots. Or, you know, he'll, he won't get a DNP, but that's something that could happen. He's a guy that could go out there and get a start and put up big numbers and then not be a huge part of the next night. And that's hard for him to do, especially as a restricted free agent. And Marcus Morris, again, a guy that is going to be asked to play a little bit differently. And so, yeah, a, a thing like Brock Holt making history and Brad saying, look, there's a guy that took an, took advantage of the the moment that he had and then took a back seat. That's that's going to be great. It's a great it's a great little thing. Now, the the only thing that I question is when a guy does that and the team doesn't win. And that I I wrote about that this morning on redsarmy.com when it comes to Marcus Morris. He says he wants to do all the right things and he'll do whatever it takes to to win basketball games. What if he plays a reduced role and the Celtics lose. And what happens if that happens two, three times? How, you know, it's easy to say, well, I'm doing all this stuff to, to win games, but we're not winning. So now, now I get to say something. And that's, that's going to be the test. I think that's going to be where all of this is put to the test. And we have to, it's going to be the biggest challenge for Brad Stevens. Yeah. 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 Brock Holt. Brockholt, baby. Brockholt. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up so we can go watch. I don't know. Is Brockholt even in the lineup tonight? I don't know. But we'll watch Red Sox. We'll watch Patriots. If he's not, just an incredible sacrifice from a man who hit a cycle. <laughs> see? 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 Brad Stevens. <laughs> see? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if you are not a regular subscriber and you've made it this far in the podcast, I think that means you should become a regular subscriber. So search for Locked On Celtics. If you've got one of those smart speakers, say, 
play podcast locked on Celtics and it should. And I, if my voice triggered it that way, then great. And it's going to play us again. And that's another click for us gaming the system. If you are not a regular subscriber, please subscribe. If you are, go ahead and give us that five star rating and give us a good review. It is a very, very helpful, seriously, very, very helpful thing for you to do. I hope you do it. Uh, because it helps us out a lot. And as always, share the podcast. When somebody asks you for something to listen to, tell them that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales. Yeah, Locked On Celtics. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.